Hey there, welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast, episode number 92. And this episode, it's gonna be one of my favorites for sure, because I'm bringing a game that I was so looking forward to try, so looking forward to play. Big disclosure, as you can read on the title, I'm gonna talk about The Lost Ruins of Arnak. This game is published by uh, Sedge Games Edition or CGE. They have not sent me a review copy. I actually went to my favorite local gaming stores here in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, the Game Preserve South, and I got myself a copy of Lost Ruins of Arnak, and I finally brought it to the table. I played multiple, multiple times, you know, with the solo variant. I played already multiple times multiplayer, and I have a complete review of the game for you. And I know this game has been one of the most anticipated games for 2021. And I know a lot of solo gamers out there have published and shared a lot of posts by, you know, of them playing the game, uh, giving their impressions. And some of them love the game a lot to even call it the best worker placement with the solo mode ever. Which that's a little bit, you know, risky to say because you have fantastic games like Anachrony, for example. But I was looking forward, like I mentioned, and now I have it here with me. I already played it multiple times and I'm ready to tell you all about it. I'm ready to do everything that we do in every episode of Solo, GB po uh, Solo BG Podcast, which, by the way, if this is your first time, well, what we do in every episode is that I tell you everything about the game, including the box and cover. Uh, you know, we talk about components. We do our audio unboxing, and at the end, I will share with you how the game plays. I will throw you an idea. Of course, this is not to be a tutorial or anything like that. It's more like an idea of how the game plays, and then I will throw my impressions as well over there if you want to support the show once again this is episode 92 uh you can do it in many ways uh one of those ways is by following is following us in our social media solo bg podcast twitter instagram and facebook uh give us a like uh follow us and uh you know share our posts also you can get yourself some fantastic games from kickstartedgames.com that's kickstarted with ed games.com and if you put the code SOLOBG all together at the time of checking out you will get 15% off from your total purchase in that way you can get some cool games for you and if you're in the US you will get free shipping every time that you spend a hundred dollars or more so there you go that's another way that you can support the show and at the same time get some cool games for yourself and for your friends and family and for your solo gaming adventures. That's right, because this is Solo BG Podcast. So, uh, we know, with that being said, I cannot wait to talk about, about this game. Uh, let's start, like always, in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, okay, okay. So now that we are officially in episode number 92 
uh, just with the title Lost Ruins of Arnak, it's time to share with you what I have been playing recently. Most recently, actually, since the, since the last episode that it was recorded, I brought to the table again, again, <laughs> and I have shared, uh, you know, these uh, pictures of this game are on the social media, Streets of Steel, the kicking asphalt game. Um, I've been playing that game, uh, you know, quite a bit. I played solo a few times. I wanted to show it to some friends. Um, you know, good impressions overall. I mean, everybody's taking it for what it is. Just a very simple arcade type, like, uh, you know, advancing uh, tiles game where you're rolling some dice. Di uh, definitely a dice juggler where you're trying to defeat some baddies. And uh, the theme of the game is fantastic. You know, going back to the old arcade from the good old times arcade games. Sort of like a double dragon and th those kind of things. Um, and it's just a fully cooperative game, one to four players, uh, where you can play it solo, either with three players, two players, four players, doesn't matter, it's very easy to play, and it's very fun, and just to chill out a little bit. I've been playing Streets of Steel, and I don't want to say anything more about it, because I already mentioned this game on our previous episodes as well. Another game that I wanted to bring to the table, besides the many, 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 many times that I play Lost Ruins of Arnak, and honestly, I haven't played... Uh, that much of a variety of games recently from the last recording is just because Lost Ruins of Arnak has taken um, much of my time recently, actually. Uh, I play Kick as the board game by Cool Mini or not, or Simon Games. And I think I mentioned about, I think I talked about this game probably around episode 70, 75. Um, you know, this is a game that I saw it, I believe, on Gen Con 2018, I want to say, or. Was it 18? Yeah, I don't know if it was 17 or 18. Anyway, uh, you know, I saw that game over there in Gen Con on the Simon booth. Uh, and the guy that showed us the game, the demo of the game was horrible. I mean, I remember demoing the game and not knowing, like, you know, what what the hell I was doing. Like, uh, he just explained, like, basically, oh, you can go to social media and you can go to the gym and your character will get stronger if you go to the gym more often. And then uh, you can go in and try to, you know, defeat some baddies. But that was it. Like, very... Very um, a cluster, I guess I will call demo. And also because of Jenko, usually like everything is super packed, so it's sometimes hard to hear or sometimes hard to you know grab it, especially on on booths that are usually very busy, like Simon Games. Anyway, didn't had a good experience last year on 2020. I did a trip with some friends to a cabin on St. Louis, Missouri, and we went to Miniature Market, which actually. Uh, we are recording this episode on April the 20th, and the last weekend of April, which is last weekend of April, I think it's going to be May the 1st or something, that weekend, I will be in St. Louis, Missouri, in St. Louis, Missouri again, uh, you know, going to Minuteman Market and having some fun over there and playing some games with friends. So, um, you know, there you go. If, if you're from around there, well, just hit me up. Uh, and well, anyway, I was I, I bought KeyCast over there. It was like $13 or something crazy price, super cheap about a year ago. Um, I played a couple of times, but, you know, it was fun, but that's it. Then recently, uh, one of those nights that, you know, after my daily, you know, task with my personal job and playing some games, uh, I decided just to chill out, you know, in my tablet uh, while, I, while I was in bed. And I started to watch KeyCast, actually, the first movie. And you know what? I remember watching the movie back when it was released, uh, and it holds up very well. It's a great movie. I mean, of course, it's not for kids or anything like that, but, you know, it's a very um, uh, a gruesome language, I will say. And, of course, I mean, the descriptions, and it's very 
uh, gory and, and stuff, but it's a very cool, uh, mature, um, but at the same time childish and just dumb uh, uh, comic movie from uh, Kick-Ass, which is from Dark Dark Horse Comics, I believe. Uh, and anyway, I decided to give another try to the game. And I actually had a lot of fun. I actually posted on the on the Solo Board Gaming group on Facebook and, and Instagram, on my Instagram from Solo BG Podcast, and I asked, you know, and I say something like, Kick-Ass, you know, I'm bringing it to the table. Uh, such an underrated game, in my opinion. Uh, have you played it? Thoughts. And to my surprise, a lot of people started to interact, uh, you know, and they were, you know, mentioning about how how much they like the game, actually, how much they think the game is hard and that also the game is a little bit underrated, uh, just like uh, as, I, as I posted. And this is a game that I definitely will uh, encourage any comic fan out there. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, Marvel or if you're DC like me. I think this is a game that, you know, Every comic fan that is also a solo board gamer should try it. And you know, it's a it's a hard game. It can get hard, but it's it's fun. It's fun. And you know, talking about the people that had interact with me, I received a couple of inbox recently on on Facebook, and I want to say hi to my friends. Actually, to uh, Nelson Carrero. Uh, he is from Calgary, Canada, and he sent us uh, you know a, a message through Facebook Messenger. And he said, well, hello from Calgary, Canada. I really enjoy your podcast, and I agree with your review of Cubitos. Cubitos by Alderac Entertainment Group, or AEG. I, we did a review a couple of episodes ago. If you haven't listening, if you haven't listened, I'm sorry, to that one, uh, please, as soon as you're finished with this one, check it out. It's a, it's a fun episode, and I told you all about it. Anyway, great game, but not uh, particular on the cube display boxes. I mentioned that on the episode, and he suggested me a solution uh, from the dollar store, and it looks pretty cool. He seems like, like he got like some sort of Tupperware containers, I guess, and he uh, customized them in the color of the game. So that's great. And you know, hi, my friend Nelson Carreto. Thanks for, you know, for reaching out. Also to Stephanie uh, Seheb, I hope I pronounced it correctly. I believe she is um, from Kansas City. Uh, I hope, or no, from uh, Kansas, uh, from McLeoth, uh, and. She actually listened to the episode of Overboss. Uh, she reached out because at the same time when I, when I was recording the episode of Overboss, which once again you check, you can check it out, I offer to give away, uh, you know, for completely for free, uh, Boss Overboss Market Mat, which is one that I got extra from my Kickstarter pledge. And I haven't forgot, Stephanie. It's just that you know life has has kept me very busy. But I promise you, very soon you have by your door this mat because Overboss is another game that, spoiler alert, I liked a lot. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please go and check it, check it out. Uh, as well, I want to say hi to my friend um, Jason uh, Perez. Uh, he is from Shelf Stories. Uh, you probably know him better from Every Guy Every Night It's Game Night. Uh, that was a podcast that he used to do. Now he does shelf stories, and recently he did. He had a Latino uh, panel, and I was honored to be invited to that Latino panel, which is gonna be soon to be released on YouTube. Uh, you know, in on his, of course, on his channel, Shelf Stories once again. And if you wanna see me over there, and you know, um, listen to my opinions about many, many, many things, uh, mainly, of course, focusing in the Latino. Uh, atmosphere here in U.S. on related to the industry. Well, check it out as well. It's coming up. Uh, and what else I've been playing? Well, I play Kick-Ass once again. Very fun game. Uh, fully cooperative. 
Uh, it works well solo. The only thing is like super hard, like I mentioned. Basically, you're trying to protect New York. You pick up your hero, and then you start to go to different locations, just like the, like the guy from Gen Con told me. But <laughs> I guess now I, I grasp it better, right? I grasp it better, the mechanics. So you can go to different areas where you can get different effects, so, so, such as like going to the gym, which it will give you more strength. It will basically give you more dice to roll when you do attacks or defend. Uh, you can go uh, to some other places that make you happy, that increase your moral uh, or your morale. Uh, there you go to some other places to the hospital to heal. Uh, you can go to the to the uh, police station, and that way you can ask for help, and they help you to kill some bad guys. Uh, what else? What else? You can go to uh, post in social media. Uh, you can. I think it was in the library. I think you go to the library, post on social media, and that increases your social media. And as you increase your social media, you also get a little bit more powerful with some bonuses on your character. Uh, you can also go to the shop, get some cool guns like grenades, uh, machine guns, machetes, which they're super cool because they roll a lot of dice and they re-roll dice. You can get yourself some helmets, some capes, um, and you know, and you basically just running around around New York, trying to resolve events. Because like uh, some other games, they will have events that they will be advancing turn to turn. And once they are gone from the board, because they're going get, to be getting pushback be, uh, from the event that is coming up, once an event gets pushed up, then something bad happens. But if you're, if you're able to solve those events before they get pushed out of the board, then you're going to get rewards. And if you're able to uh, uh, you know, successfully accomplish three events, then you're going to defeat the supervillain, which he also going to have another event uh, and it will basically tell you how to kill him or her and it's very fun uh, once again this game you can find it I don't want to promote any any other uh, uh, you know web store or, or store other than our sponsor which is Kickstarter games but you can find this game very cheap uh, you know around there uh, and it's basically I highly recommend it to give it a try it's it's weird because it's, it's not one of those must have I mean not, not at all but at the same time, once again, if you are into comics and if you are into superheroes, and especially if you like, you know, the movie, which this game is based on the comic, but the movie is based on the comic as well, uh, I mean, you should give it a try. It's a fun game. I think it's underrated just because it didn't happen to have too much fuss, you know, around the, I guess, when the time came, when the game came and then recently. But it's a cool game. And it happens the same with, for example, The Godfather. Also from Simon Games, and by Eric Lang, Eric Emma Lang. Uh, that's another game that I actually enjoy quite a bit. Uh, but once again, I feel like it's underrated. And I think The Godfather, what really affects it, is the theme. I, I feel like the theme is not very appealing to a lot of players. But for me, it's great. I love it as well. So we should do an episode, actually, about underrated games and see see which ones we can bring. And I'm also planning another episode about... Uh, solo games, small solo games. So basically games that they come in small boxes and that they can play like in 20 minutes or so and that they are fun. Of course, you can say, well, Tiny Epics, those are, you know, solo gamers, solo games as well and they're small. Well, I would try to keep Tiny Epics separate because I believe that uh, those games themselves, they have one category that they belong. So I won't mix. I won't mix them with this episode. I'm also playing recently... Um, the game that we did on our last uh, episode, which is Patria Libre, which is an uh, upcoming Kickstarter by Malinche Games. And the only reason why I've been playing it recently, well, is because to my surprise and to your surprise, I hope as well, 
Uh, I will be recording a playthrough on, oh, you know, on the game. I will be recording a tutorial on video, uh, showing you the game, showing you the mechanics and all the stuff, playing a, a full round of the game. Uh, and you will be able to see that video once the, once the campaign launches. And also on our YouTube channel, we see Solo BG Podcast. You can look, for, you can look for us on, on YouTube. We don't have too many videos, but, but now who knows? This could be the beginning of Solo BG Podcast on YouTube, where probably I can start to do, you know, live episodes when I'm recording the podcast, or, or you know, just playthroughs. I mean, I play a lot of games, so might as well just put the camera and, you know, very casual, tell you what I'm doing and and record myself. Uh, you know, playing games. I know there's a lot of channels that they already do that, but hey, if you've been following the podcast, that might might be something that you know could be appealing to you. And what else I've been playing? Of course, Lost Ruins of Arnak. I actually play Downforce again. Downforce is one of my favorite games. I play it on Board Game Arena, though. I know, I know, some of you would be like, "Hey, that's cheating. That's digital." Well, I don't care. I play, I play Downforce. I love that game. I, I really do. And I know, you know, some people, they're like, well, Downforce, I mean, it's whatever. But I really think it's one of my favorite racing games for sure. And every time that I bring it to the table, usually it's a blast. Of course, I mean, there's sometimes some players, like I will tell you right now, like my wife doesn't like it, my wife doesn't enjoy it. So if she's on the table, I mean, it will be not a very fun experience <laughs> because she doesn't like the game. But, I mean, usually when I play it, with you know, with most of the people, uh, they actually enjoy it, and I always have uh, you know a blast playing, and I think it's super fun, and and I think it's great. Actually, some people customize the cards and bring the Mario Kart, and some people even customize the card, and they basically retheme the game with Mario Kart, which I think it's fantastic. I hope I can do that at some point as well. Let's talk about Lost Ruins of Arnak. Once again, this game is published by CGE or Sedge Ga uh, Games Edition and is designed by uh, Min and Elven. Uh, once again, Lost Ruins of Arnak, a worker placement game, uh, which basically, if you like in Indiana Jones and Exploration and Uncharted, the video games, well, you get the idea. This is a game that the theme could be very, 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 very appealing to you. So with that being said... Let's start with the first section of the show, which is Box and Cover. Box and Cover! Lost Ruins of Arnak, Box and Cover, we are here to start. Okay, the box. I, you know what? I really need to bring a measuring tape to give you, to give you exact dimensions. But I will tell you this, and I'm looking as my, at, at, to my gaming library to see the size of the box to what, what can I compare it to. Uh, do you know the box from Adrenaline, from CGE? Well, probably around the same size. The Box of Sanctum by CGE. Most likely the same size. Uh, it seems like it's a 12 by, I don't know, probably 14, 15, um, uh, horizontal speaking. Um, and it's, you know, not a huge box, but decent size. Hey, it will fit on your Kallax, I will tell you that. Especially if you're one of those weird people <laughs> that you put uh, the games on your Kallax uh, in a horizontal way and, on a, and not a vertical way. Well... This game will fit perfectly. I do it vertical. I'm on the right, you know, on the on the right people's side. But if you're playing horizontal, hey, no judgments sewn here, and and that's fine. I mean, you're still you're still body from Solo BG podcast. Anyway, the cover you have this uncharted type of guy over there smiling at the box and 
kind of like saying like, hey, we discovered some temple there on the background of the jungle. And then there's a girl, a female explorer as well, pointing at that temple and be like, hey, dude, it is this, this way. You don't have to smile to the camera. The temple is actually this way. And she's holding some binoculars. Very cool. And then there's another guy that is like, you know, taking his glasses off and thinking like, man, I can... I cannot keep going with this theme. Something like that. At least I'm making now the theme of Lost Ruins of Arnak. Then you have a fantastic jungle illustration here, which is, it, honestly, is very appealing. This is the games, this is the type of game that you see on a gaming store and you're like, oh, kind of want to play the game. I don't probably don't know, uh, you know, how it plays. If it's a area control, worker placement, I don't care. It looks very cool. I want to open that box. That's what you get from the illustration here. Uh, once again, the designers, Min and Elvin, uh, published by Games, um, Sech Games Edition, C or CGE. And then on the side of the box, once again, you have the title. If you want to put the box horizontal on your Calyx, you can do it. Vertical, you will have it as well. It's a game from one to four players, 12 years uh, plus. And, um, you know, uh, it takes about 30 minutes per player. That's what it says on the box. Then, on the back of the box, it tells you the story, and it shows you an illustration of what, how you're going to see the game once it's set up on the table. On an uninhabited island in an uncharted sea, explorers have found trace of a great civilization. Now you will lead an expedition to explore the island, find lost ar uh, artifacts, and face fearsome guardians all in quest to learn the island's secret. Lost Ruins of Arnak combines deck building and worker placement in a game of exploration, resource management, and discovery. Are you ready? Well, this is Lost Ruins of Arnak. And that's basically for the boxing cover. Let's open this uh, bad boy here because I actually, I actually gonna tell you something different. Since, you know, this is, this could be also, <laughs> it's actually a good conversation for future episodes that you will hear on the future interviews that I'm coming for Solo BG Podcast. But I'm a, I'm pretty sure like you are as well. I'm a very picky person when it comes to inserts on the game. I actually hate, for example, publishers that they don't... Um, well, I don't hate the publishers. I hate the way that they handle the insert part of their games. Like, for example, Fantasy Flight. I think their inserts are crap. Uh, and they're just killing a tree and wasting more cardboard. Uh, but there are some other games that they don't even give you insert for anything. Like Lost Ruins of Arnak. We, I will tell you that are my impressions. But... What I'm trying to say is that for this game, and this is a spoiler for my impressions, for this game, I actually went into Etsy. I bought kind of like a broken token-ish, I get if you want to call it, laser cut wood uh, insert tray. I got my hands full of glue. If you want to check it out, you go to our social media, post uh, some pictures recently. Uh, and I actually got myself a custom insert. But I'm going to tell you what do we find inside the box right now. Inside the box. Okay, and just pretending that this game that I'm open is new, which is not, uh, but anyway, the audio unboxing, as soon as you open it, you will get a bunch, a bunch of cardboard that you have to, of course, punch it out. Uh, in that way, you can get all the different amount of tiles and stuff that you're going to use for the game. So I have the list of components here, and I will tell you more about it. Uh, you you know you get the main board which is the it's double sided you can you can play with the bird temple side or the dark or I'm sorry the snake temple on the other side the snake temple is too hard to add more you know more spiciness I will say to the game more like 
uh, you know, more tension on the game. So uh, that's good. That that really adds to the replayability. And I will tell you more when we go to my impressions. A double-sided supply board, which is another board that you will uh, put basically belong uh, a little bit below the main board where you're going to be putting all the supplies. Uh, you're going to get four ba basic cards of each color, yellow, red, blue, or green. You're going to get fear cards. You're going to get item cards, artifact cards. You're going to get double-sided player boards, and those are double-sided. Why? Because you can choose any of them on the other side to play the solo mode, which I will tell you more about in a little bit. You get 15 Guardian tiles. You get level 1 side tiles as you are discovering more levels. You get level 2. Like I said, you're discovering more levels. <laughs> you get assistant tiles. You get a moon staff. You get a uh, starting uh, player marker. You get a notebook where you're actually going to keep your score. You're going to get uh, the coin tokens, the compass, compass tokens, the idol tiles, uh, temple tiles. The, uh, you're going to get some little uh, notebook token and magnifying glass token. And you're going to get some uh, stickers that you're going to place on those if you like. Otherwise, it will be just uh, basically like a like square uh, wooden cube. But if you like to, to make it like a journal, like it's supposed to be, then you put the stickers there, my friend, on the both sides of that uh, cube. In that way, there's your journal. And the same for the magnifying glass. You get uh, 16 tablet tokens, uh, the arrowhead tokens. Perfect. Arrowhead is probably my favorite component. It's beautiful. Uh, the jewel tokens, uh, blocking tiles, uh, reserve tiles. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Research, bonus tiles, archaeologist, two figures of each color, two meeples of this color. So you, in this game... It's kind of like a evil, um, I mean, um, Everdale-ish kind of mechanic where you only have a few uh, meeples that you can use and, and you're limited to that and you have to be, uh, you know, very smart about when you place them and so on and so forth. And you're also going to get uh, the fantastic rule book, which is almost the same size of the box, which is very straightforward, very well illustrated with a fantastic appendix. I will tell you once again more and more impressions, but um, you will find, uh, like I always told you, uh, let me see how many pages is it. Is it um, 23 double-sided pages of rulebook? There you go. You're also going to get four um, reference, uh, you know, uh, little uh, sheets, which they're great because they're going to describe you your turn on one side and also the effects of every single symbol that you're going to face on the game on the other side. Now, on my box, <laughs> once again, there's also a few different things like... If, like I told you, you want to go to our social media and saw the pictures, see the pictures, I'm sorry, the broken token-ish uh, container. And you can probably hear here. This is while I'm moving my components on the wood. Oh, I love the sound effect. Anyway, for, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, get a tray for this thing because this thing doesn't come not even with cardboard tray. I will tell you. More in my impression. So with that being said, now that we talk about what do we find inside the box, let me tell you, let me tell you once again, this is not a tutorial. It's more like a talk, a conversation between you and I about those ruins of Arnak. Let me tell you how the game plays. Game play! Lost Ruins of Arnak, let's start to explore. This is a game, like I've told you in the description, that it will have different mechanics. One of them, it's a worker placement mechanic. A worker placement game, basically like every other worker placement where you're going to place your worker. In this case, uh, you, um, your explorer, and you basically going to get the reward wherever you place him or her, whatever you want to call it. And also hand management because you're going to have 
um, you know, uh, cards on your hand every turn that you will be able to play. There's also a deck building aspect of the game as well because you're going to be building a deck of cards that, of course, is going to be generating those cards that you will be able to manage in your hand on your turn. There's also kind of like a resource uh, collection game or resource management because you you basically will like to use your resources your resources in a very unique way that it will depend on the strategy that you want to use for the game. Basically, what do you want to do? You have two meeples, right, that you can play with. And you're going to have some basic sites where you can go and, you know, dig basically with what does the mechanic that I call and get resources, right? You can get coins on these basic ones. You can get compass. You can get scrolls. You can get arrowheads or jewels. We will call them rubies, but jewels. I don't know why I call them rubies, but they're very cool, red color-ish. Uh, that's, you know, from the basic actions that you can do. How the game plays. On your turn, you're going to have a hand of, five, hand of five cards. And those cards will have immediate effects that they are basically free actions, such as, like, getting uh, gold or getting compasses. And they will also have a symbol that the, that symbol is the travel symbol. They can go uh, with a boot, which is like a going on foot. Uh, they can have, like, a little jeep, which, of course, is driving your jeep on the, on the jungle. Or they will have an airplane, which basically the airplane can take you every anywhere. Also, the boat. There's a boat in case you want to go to some areas, some lakes on the jungle, right? Let's call it that way. Also, at any time, if this is very important, you can hire a pilot by paying two gold coins by basically having any method of travel, that like the ones that I just described, by paying two gold. So on your turn, on the worker placement side... You can either go to one of these basic uh, sections that I just told you, like to get coins, get compasses, get scrolls, get arrowhead or jewels. Or if you're able to have enough compasses, in this case three for level one, six for level two, you can go and try to discover new sites. Well, this is a very fun mechanic, actually, for because when you go and discover new sites, you're going to get a temple that you're actually going to find or an area that you're discovering now, and it's going to generate some research for you. But guess what? Not everything is good news. Every place that you go has a guardian. It could be a fantastic mythological beast, or it could be a huge snake or something like that. A guardian from the temple, from the area, is going to come up. And then those uh, guardians will have victory points on them and an effect of them that you can use as long as you can defeat it before the round ends. And in order to defeat those guardians, well, you will have to uh, play a different comp or discard a different combinations of resources. That So this is the, where the resource management come in play, in, at, at least on this part of work, the worker placement, because you want to get some resources when you, get, when you go to explore or be hopefully that you will find some cool resources that then they will allow you to kill that guardian. Because when you kill that guardian, it will be five victory points right away. And also, I'm sorry, towards the end of the game, also that guardian, once again, it will give you some bonus that you can use later on the game for many, many things. Now, what happens if you don't kill the guardian? That's fine. You still collect resources. The problem is that when you walk away from that guardian and the round ends, get what? You got scared. And you're going to get a fear card. And basically, the fear cards, eventually, they're going get sh- to get shuffled on your deck. And they, they're they basically like DC kind of weakness cards where they just are minus, are minus one victory point towards the end of the game. But also, they don't have any use other than discarding them for, um, for a boot symbol, basically, like to go on foot or walk. So once again, you can dig in a side. Now, when you dig in a side as well as in the, in the level ones, you're going to find some uh, relics on some... 
you know, treasures, let's call them. And those treasures will give you an immediate effect of a resource. And at some point, you can spend those treasures to basically get more research from your Tableau. The only problem is that in your Tableau, there's only five spots for those treasures or idols that they call. Uh, and once you are once you block those five spaces, that's it. You cannot use that ability anymore. Also, uh, every time that you block an area on your Tableau to use one of these ability, one of those abilities with the idol, you also subtract basically victory points that you can use at the end of the game because for, for every empty space, you will get a determinated number of victory points. That's regarding worker placement. Now, there's an area as well because you can do another action on your turn instead of uh, placing a worker that it's buying an item or buying an artifact. The items, you buy them with gold. The artifacts, you buy them with compass. Why it's important and why it, why it makes it different to other deck buildings? Because... If you buy an item, you're going to place it, instead of placing it on your discard pile like most of the deck buildings, you're going to place them on the bottom of your deck. So in that way, you know it's coming. So that's a cool mechanic of basically kind of making sure that the cards that you're buying, you're going to use them either on the next round or the following, depending on how big your deck is, right? Uh, the other thing is that when you buy um, an artifact with compasses, what it does is that all of the artifacts will need a scroll to activate in future turns. But when you buy it, you get to resolve the effect immediately of that artifact that you bought. And also, uh, you know, the consequence is that those, those artifacts, they go to your discard pile like any other deck building. Now, the interesting part, once again, that it makes this deck building different is that once you finish your, your turn and you don't have any more cards to play and you decide to pass, which that's the last uh, decision that you can make on a game, I'm sorry, on a round, you're going to shuffle all the discard pile, shuffle it, and then or that means all the, game, all the cards that you just play, shuffle them and place them at the bottom of your deck. So you never have, in theory, a discard pile. You have a play area. Once you finish your round, you mix your, you shuffle your play area and goes to the bottom of your deck. So that's a very interesting newish mechanic of recycling your deck and being able to kind of having some control of which cards will come in certain round, kind of, because you never had full control since you're still shuffling. But anyway, that's what makes it different. Uh, and I'm jumping on my impressions right now, but I wanted to, you know, go a little bit of overview of what uh, what type of cards we encounter during the game and how they are important, how the timing of where you buy them is important in the way you can either play them or prepare them for future rounds uh, without the need of them going to our discard pile, right? Because once again, on this game, there's not discard piles. Also, both of these type of cards will give you victory points towards the end of the game. The other way that you can get points and more abilities on the game besides building a cool deck, besides... Um, working placement, I guess, and getting some resources from sites that they're already basically on the camp or, or you don't have to dig that much. And besides discovering and fighting guardians. And, and, and by the way, when you discover a new temple, the resources that you get, uh, you know, they're, they stay there available in case if somebody in future turns wants to go to that area when your meeple is no longer there by spending the traveling cost. But if the Guardian stay still there, well, they will have to defeat it once again before the round ends, or they will also get a fear card. Anyway, all the other things that you can do besides this, which with this, you will think that, hey, that's enough for a board game. Well, 
we have another aspect of the game that is actually very fun and very interesting. We have the research track. Now, with the research track, what it means is that you, like the word says, you're researching, you're researching with, uh, researching, I'm sorry, with my accent, with your magnifying glass, and then taking notes with your journal. Remember those people with stickers that I told you in the, on the previous section? Well, now you get to use them. How? For example, to advance on the research track with the magnifying glass first, once again, you have to explore first and then put it on your journal, you need to spend resources and an action that it will take you to do the research action and go up on the research track. For example, on the first level, you can spend either one arrowhead and one compass to take you to the left side of the research track. Or you can spend one jewel to take you to the right side of the research track. When you go up with your magnifying glass, you have to pay attention because you will get some rewards right away, usually tokens or compasses. Uh, and also, depending on where your magnifying glass ends at the end of the game, it will be victory points on the research track. And depending when your journal ends in the same track, it will be victory points at the end of the game. Now, the interesting part here is that compasses are going to be, you know, trying to go up, go up in the, on, the, on that track because they're trying to research more and get more victory points at the end of the game. But it's gonna, they're going to be followed by your journals because your journal can only be placed either at the same level of where you research or below because thematically this represents, once again, you're exploring and then taking notes in your journal. Now, journals, they give you better or cooler effects that you can use during the game. And it's highly recommended that when you play this game, try to research with your journal as soon as possible. Why? Because on the first couple of five spaces on the track, as you are advancing, you're going to be able to get allies. And those allies will be chosen from different piles that are going to be on the board, and they're going to be placed on your tableau, on your character tableau, or in your player area, better said. And those allies will give you free actions with effects such as getting gold, getting more compasses, getting arrowheads, getting jewel, getting uh, scrolls, things like that. So it's very important that early on the game you try to get as, uh, your two allies. And then as you keep going on the research track with the journal, you can uh, uh, you know upgrade those allies and get even cooler abilities. So you're going to be advancing on this research track by spending resources. Once again, the resource management part of the game comes to play right now. And once you reach the top, then you are in the temple. Once you, re once you reach the top of the research track, you're in the temple. And here you can spend more resources to get uh, treasures from the temple, which they're big chunk of victory points at the end of the game. Of course, everything that I just talked, the worker placement, the exploration, the fighting guardians, the buying cards, the buying items, artifacts, getting resources, uh, going in the research track, going to the temple, are different ways that you can get victory points towards the end of the game. But most importantly, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to do every single thing uh, you know, in one game. So that's why you have to play with your strategy of what do you want to do in the game? Do you want to go and explore? Well, that's your probably is going to be your strategy. Try to explore as much as you can. Do you want to kill the guardians? Well, try to get resources and then explore and then try to kill the guardians. Or probably your strategy could be like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing a deck building game here and buying a lot of items and artifacts. In that way, once again, those are victory points at the end of the game. Or you could be like, you know what? I don't care too much about fighting or exploring. I care about researching. So... You can go researching, getting cool allies, getting cool abilities, and getting more points towards the end of the game. So you have many, many different ways 
that you can apply in order to try to get the victory. Because at the end of the game, that is after five rounds, and that's another very interesting mechanic, guys. Um, you know, when you at the beginning of the game, you're gonna have to you're gonna have like a track where you're gonna put that. What is it called? I, I totally forgot the name, but I told you. Let me go right now. The Moonstaff. Uh, the on the cards area where you the market, let's call it, when you where you buy the cards, you're gonna start at the left with one artifact and five uh, items, and the Moonstaff of number one. When the first round ends, when everybody passes, that Moonstaff. The cards that are adjacent to it, they get exiled, which basically take it out of the game. The Moonstaff advanced to number two. And now on round number two, you get to buy, you get the opportunity to potentially buy two artifacts and four items. Then it moves to number three. And now you have the opportunity to buy three artifacts, three items. Then it goes to number uh, four, I'm sorry. We're getting close to the end of the game. At that point you are able to buy only four artifacts, two items. Then it goes to round number five where you're going to be able to buy five artifacts and one item. This is important timing as well because this is uh, this helps you to keep track on when it's a good idea to get money and when it's a good idea to get compasses. Now, once again, with money, you can hire a pilot where you can travel somewhere. Oh boy, it's a lot of a lot of going on. But that's another interesting thing that the game has. The another thing that the game offers. Now, when we reach the uh, round five, the end of the game triggers, and basically we gonna start to score points for uh, based on where we are on the research track with the magnifying glass and the journal. How many treasures we got from the temple from that research track? How many idols we capture as we were exploring some uh, some locations? How many guardians we defeat? Five victory points from those. So that's a big chunk of points there. Uh, then we're gonna count our uh, points from our cards that we bought that we bought during the game, uh, artifacts and items. And then we're gonna uh, subtract uh, all the fear cards that we will get by not killing the guardians. Uh, we're gonna subtract those, and whoever has the most victory points, it's the greatest explorer of Arnak, or at least from the lost ruins of Arnak. I feel like I give you a tutorial more than <laughs> tell you how the game plays because. I mean, it's definitely, I think I covered most of the of the basic rules. But anyway, that's how the game plays. Now, let's, jo let's jump into my impressions of the game. I will tell you all about it. I will tell you how much I like it, how much I dislike it. What did I like from the game? What I don't like from the game? And let's go over there after uh, our sponsor message. Are you looking for that Kickstarter game that you missed during the Kickstarter campaign? Are you looking for that awesome and mythic expansion for one of your favorite board games? Are you sad because you didn't got the Kickstarter version of that game? Or perhaps you are like me and like to get a game with Kickstarter exclusive components and stretch goals? Well, don't look any further and go right now to kickstartergames.com. There you will find Kickstarter board games, expansions, Kickstarter exclusive content, graphic novels, RPG novels, toys and collectibles, and much more. Kickstarter Games is my favorite site to go and get those amazing games that I want to have on my gaming collection. Plus, they offer free shipping in the US when you spend $99 or more. And if that wasn't enough, right now you can get a 15% off if you use the code SOLOBG. That's right! Use the code SOLOBG altogether 
and obtain 15% off from your total purchase. So go right now and check it out while you listen to this episode. Once again, www.kickstartedgames.com and enjoy all those amazing games. Solo or competitive? Okay, so now is the time that I tell you if I rather place uh, if I rather play Lost Ruins of Arnak solo or in this case competitive. Let's start with the positive. Well, let's start with the things that I don't like actually. The things that I don't like from Lost Ruins of Arnak. First of all, <laughs> no insert. Once again, I got the custom insert which I love, and it was totally worth it to get my uh, my fingers full of glue and trying to glue all these wood, uh, wooden pieces in in order to get my uh, fantastic uh, insert. But they don't include anything. It's just basically a bunch of cardboard that you have to punch. All the components there, they give you some Ziploc baggies to put everything on Ziploc baggies. But that's it. Not even a cardboard insert. Nothing, 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 nothing. Um, so that, I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. Because I always say when games... I think it's very important when games put some love on the production, especially as well when it's a independent publishers and designers and stuff, when they give you some cool inserts and stuff, I think that's great. Or when they use game trays. Game trays are fantastic. I think every game should have game trays. Uh, and, and I really, really appreciate when they do that. Lost Ruins of Arnak didn't include that either. Another thing that I didn't like, that I ended up upgrading myself, it's some of the components, for example, the arrowheads, fantastic quality, like, uh, you know, acrylic or resin, it's cool, uh, you know, very shiny, uh, 3D, the jewels or, or the rubies that I call very nice components, fantastic, uh, you know, acrylic as well, uh, the scrolls, hard plastic, uh, you know, I, I shade them and they look pretty cool, they look like, like dirty scrolls and I put some gloss over there as well and they are now bright and dirty, so it's cool, cool effect, um, but that one was cool. But the compass, the compass and the gold tokens, they're simply cardboard. And it makes me think, if you are using every single component of the game, besides the compass and the gold, you know, in a 3D aspect, either by Meeple, uh, uh, you know, either by um, uh, some wood tokens and stuff, why you don't put a little bit of effort on this one? That would be so cool. Now, I got myself from Etsy, once again, some upgraded components. So, um, I mean, I made it different, right? But that's one part that I didn't like as well. Um, and other than that, let's jump into my positive things. So that could that should tell you more about the game. The positive things about the game. Uh, the replayability. This game has a lot of replayability. Uh, not only because the, the mat is double-sided and it offers uh, basically two different feelings from the game or two different ways to play the game. Uh, of course, staying with the same mechanics, but also because the mechanics, the variety of mechanics that it has, it adds a lot of replayability. Once again, you can go by research, you can go by worker placement, and and you know getting idols and exploring. You can go by buying cards and building your deck and have cool abilities. Uh, so there's many ways that you can get points. Um, I wish, I wish there could it be also at the end of the game, and this is an observation, some points. Uh, for any number of uh, set of tokens that you will collect. Uh, you know, that will be cool, but at the same time, I don't know if that will even broke the game. 
Because in most of the worker placement games, for some reason, when you ended up with some resources, you can get victory points for that, right? In this one, you don't get any victory points. So the replayability, I think it's 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 great on the game. The mechanics of the game, I love the variety of mechanics on the game. I love the, the worker placement mechanic. I like how you discover new places. I like the fact that you have to paste, uh, I'm sorry, to pay the cost travel because, uh, like I mentioned on the cards, you can get instant effects, you can get action effects, or you can uh, discard them or, well, better say, put them on your play area to use the symbol that they have on their left, top left um, area. And that's basically a travel, um, you know, uh, currency, let's say either a jeep or a food or a plane or, or, a, or a ship. I also like that when you kill the guardians, which they're sometimes hard to kill, they give you victory points towards the end of the game, but also they can give you an effect that you can use at any time. I really like that when you discover places, not only you get the the idols, which they all of them, they are worth the three victory points and give you resources, but also, uh, you know, you get resources by automatically exploring that temple. I really like the mechanic of being able to play those idols in your playing area to get instant effects, to get more resources or upgrade some resources. I really like the mechanic of the research track. Are you getting more points and getting more resources and going up? And as you're getting as well more allies that at the same time, they will give you instant effects or free actions. That's great. I really like the deck building part of the game where you buy items and put them at the bottom of your deck right away and you get rid of your discard pile. I'm, I'm surprised that there's no discard pile here and I love it. Uh, I actually like as well when you buy artifacts that you can play the effect right away. I think that's also very nice and clever and a unique uh, mechanic. And then you put them on your play area. And now from futures, you know that you have a powerful call there, but you have to get a scrolls in order to play th to play them. Or you will have to play them for the uh, travel cost on, once again on the corner. Um, I really like every single how different mechanics uh, convey in one idea and they play very well with each other and they work like a, you know, like a clock perfectly. I like that. Also, that's, that's another thing that adds replayability because every game you play, you can try different strategies. Um, what else do I like? I didn't talk about the solo mode. I actually love the solo mode, the solo mode, how it works on the other side of the board you will have a uh, AI board, basically. And you will select the difficulty by selecting the color of the tiles, either green for easy or red for hard. You're going to mix them up, and you're going to be revealing one, and it will, it will be determining what action the AI opponent does. Uh, and the opponent basically does the same as you. He can claim idols. He can you go discover places. He can buy cards. He can do many things. The only thing that he doesn't get is resources. But he gets idols that at the same time, he gives them a lot of victory points. Uh, but he, if he gets the same idol multiple times, then he's going to be subtracting victory points from him, which that kind of balances with the fear cards that you potentially can get by exploring and facing guardians. So I think the solo mode, it's very simple and very well designed that it actually feels like you're playing against another human being. You're playing with versus someone else that eats on the table with you, a ghost or you name it, whatever you want to call it, a guardian from the jungle, but he's playing or she's playing with you. And it's very a very solid, well-designed solo mode with uh, different difficulty adjustments if you like you know, to either uh, easy your game or, or make it even more challenging or harder. So another, another big plus <coughs> is the solo mode. Even if I said that the gold tokens and the compass tokens, 
they were cardboard. I think that the production overall in the game, it's great. Uh, I think, um, you know, I was just being picky about those two things. But the production overall, it's cool. The art on the game, it's cool. The quality on the cards, it's fantastic. Uh, the, the game board, it's a little bit not the best quality, but also not the, the worst. So you just have to be careful with your, with your board when you fold it back to the box and so on and so forth. One thing that some people didn't like that I don't have anything against, but I will mention it uh, as a neutral thing or as a mixed thing, is that the board, it plays vertical instead of the traditional horizontal way. So it could be a long board. Uh, so sometimes the cards, for example, will be a little bit away from some players. So just keep that in mind. I don't have anything bad to say about it or anything good. Uh, with my experience playing the game, it hasn't been an inconvenience. But once again, mixed feelings there because I have heard I have heard comments going either way, either by positive or by negative. The art, it's great. Once again, overall, it, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's very thematic. I think this is a, a thematic worker placement. I think the theme is there very strongly by the different mechanics that applies and how those mechanics are applied and used during every adventure or during every game. Um, in general, I think I honestly, I honestly love Lost Ruins of Arnak. If you ask me, Derek, would you rather play solo or competitive? I think this game... You enjoy it slightly better competitive, but at the same time, it has a very solid, fun, challenging solo mode. Um, and it definitely, if you are a specifically a particular only solo gamer, this is a game that I would recommend you. No questions asked. Like this is a game, even if you don't have a gaming group, get it. It's probably one of the best solo board games worker placements out there. Now, once again, we have masterpieces like Anachrony, per se. But uh, this is a very solid, fun, solo gaming worker placement. Now, as a group, it's definitely, on as a competitive, let's call it, definitely on my top five worker placements ever, 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 ever. I just loved it. It's nothing super heavy Euro game, per se. I mean, don't expect that you're going to be playing, I don't know, um, something comp or something heavy, kind of like once again going to, to Anachrony or, or or playing Teotihuacan or, or, or Sight. No, 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 no. It's nothing like that. But it's it's fun. It's, I guess, simpler as uh, some level. I put it at the same level as Wingspan of Complexity, right? So I think I think the complexity is not not a huge thing on this game, but at the same time, it's one of my favorite worker placements. Before I give you my rating, let's go over BGG. Uh, the BGG oh, 8.2 Lost Ruins of Arnak, rank overall 120 win, uh, 121. Strategy uh, on number 72, family on number 10. Uh, explore an island to find resources and discover the Lost Ruins of Arnak. To one to four players, like I mentioned, 30 to 120 minutes, um, and age uh, 12 year plus. And the weight or the complexity, 2.7 out of 5. Designers, Elwin and Min. And the publisher, Sedge Games Edition. What do I give to the game going from 0 to 5? Where 0, I hate it. 5, I love that I can play it every 9. Every 9, I'm sorry. For me, Lost Ruins of Arnak will get a solid, a very solid 4.5 out of 5 game. Once again, definitely on my, on my top 5 for worker placement. I went and got the the insert. I went and get my fingers full of glue. 
I went and shaded the scrolls and, and glossed them. And then now like, they look very pretty. Uh, I actually going to share some pictures in the way you can see them very soon. Uh, I got the, the gold uh, tokens and I got the compass tokens, you know, upgraded and all the stuff. So that should tell you how much I like the game. Is this a must-have? This is a must-have, definitely, from SolarBG Podcast. And this is a game that you should have in your gaming shelf as well. This is a game that if you're a solo player, you will love it. If you have a group of two, you will love it. If you have a group of three, you will love it. If you have a group of four, you will love it. If you have a group of five, somebody will hate it because it's one to four players. So there you go. This is a game that you have to check out once again. Lost Ruins of Arnak. Big disclosure, I bought the copy by myself. I didn't receive a copy for review, so that should tell you everything. And if at some point they send a copy, then I will give it as a giveaway, completely free for you, my friends. So with that being said, this was episode number 92. I was so looking forward to do it because this game, honestly, this game really surprised me. Um, I wasn't wasn't on that list of uh, people that they were expecting this game all the contrary i hear all the fuss that it was causing around social media i went to my gaming store i saw it i saw the box i loved it i bought it and i don't regret at all i know that you know sometimes i say that don't buy anything blindly uh blindly but sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't don't do it but i do it all the time (laughs) so that's that's my weakness i guess um but anyway, stay tuned because the future episodes or the next episodes are going to be very special. We're going to start with interviews on episode number 95, a series of interviews all the way to episode number 100. We already actually record some of the interviews. I cannot spoil you very well, but we record already the interview with with uh, which what I think it's one of the biggest content creators solo gamers out there in YouTube. We already recorded an interview. We already recorded the interview with one of the biggest publishers out there uh, with fantastic games in solo mode on his games. Uh, we already did that interview and I cannot spoil you the name of the publisher or the designer. Uh, and we have more guests that they're going to be here in solo BG podcast. And I'm so happy for it. With that being said, like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.